This is Nadia from the Relativity Podcast, and you're listening to Discussing Who. There was a goblin, or a trickster, or a warrior, a nameless, terrible thing, soaked in the blood of a billion galaxies. The most feared being in all the cosmos. It's about the Doctor. He's in trouble. I need to find him, and I need to show him this. Pandorica. What is it? A box, a cage, a prison? It's a fairy tower, a legend. It can't be real. If it is real, it's here and it's opening. Anything that powerful I know about it, why don't I know? Everything that ever hated you is coming here tonight. You can't win this. You can't even fight it. What do we do? The Pandorica. More than just a fairy tale. Your world has visitors. You're all barbarians now. What's in there? What could justify all this? There are cracks, cracks in time. There's going to be a huge explosion in the future on one particular day. And tonight, he's going to meet your help. Science will What could you possibly do? The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I am Kyle Jones, and I want to start by welcoming back none other than Lee Shackelford. Lee, how are you? I'm doing great. I just put a piece of cheese in my mouth because I knew you were going to talk to Clarence first. See, I always have to keep you on your toes, and you know, whether it's cheese, whether it's crackers, you just crack me up. Thanks. Oh, God. You just called me Cracker. Oh, uh, yeah. No. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, I did. I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. But you know what I can't help? Why? Uh, I can't help also saying that I am glad you're here, but I am also glad to welcome back Clarence Brown. Hey, hey, guys. Uh, glad to be on another podcast of Discussing Who. So chop it up with you guys. Yep. Chopping up the cheese. Yeah. You know, crackers, um, stop, all that stuff. Stop. 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 Yeah, yeah. That's that's. There's only one way this can go from here, and you just need to. Yeah. yeah. Well, the only way this can go from here is to say once again for everyone listening, we're glad that you also are here, and if you are here for the very first time, we are glad especially to have you. And for everyone listening, please, if you are using an iOS device, please go out to your podcast app on there. Look up Discussing Who. And if you can, give us a rating. Of course, we would appreciate five stars, but give us any rating that you would like. And if you give us a review, we will read that on the show. So, gentlemen, I don't have any news, but I'm curious if you do. Any news from you guys? This is kind of a strange thing that... um you know, back in April, the fellow who has become the Lost Episodes Hunter announced that he has a bunch more Patrick Troughton episodes that have been considered lost. And he's been working through international customs to try to get them from Nigeria, I think, is where they were found. But just recently, they've kind of come back up, back up in the news again. And I think that's interesting because maybe it's just a... There's an algorithm at work where people are just tired of talking about other things, <laughs> all the bad news in the world. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this. But really, there isn't any new developments that I know of since April. But 
here it is. It keeps turning up in people's feeds. And I guess, I guess we're all just still saying, Oh, please. Oh, please. Oh, please. It's, uh, it's, it's some of the, the bits of the second doctor that uh, many of us have always wanted to see. And uh, so they are apparently out there. So let me ask you guys a question. Let's pose a hypothetical here. And I'm going to go along the lines of what Big Finish did after we had an adventure in time and space where you had the original cast per se, the actors who portrayed the actors who were in the original cast of Doctor Who go on to do Big Finish audio dramas as Ian, Barbara, Susan, and the First Doctor. Would you guys like to see some of the lost first and second Doctor stories that have not been recreated yet in that type of format, but it not be the original audios, that it be other actors? Would you guys be open to that? What do you guys think? Do we even still have all those scripts? I believe we have all the scripts, yeah. Hmm. Uh, if only as um, as transcripts, because uh, unless I'm mistaken, and I have been mistaken before, um, there were fans who were making audio recordings of everything. So I mm. think we have everything at least as an, as an, as a 60 year old audio. Um, oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So mm. you, you could, uh, retcon them from photographs and, uh, and the scripts. Yeah. After, um, adventure in space and time, which I just adore, uh, I, I, I kind of came away thinking, wow, boy, I think I'd like to see, uh, you know, David Bradley is the first doctor and let's, Let's just do them over. Let's just let's do them all. Yeah, it's interesting because we have, like you mentioned, we have this kind of secondary cast, a recast going on mm-hmm. with, with uh, David Bradley and, 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 of course, the actors we had in, what was the name of the episode? The Time of the Doctor? Um, um, right. No, no, Twice no, Upon a Time. Twice Upon a Time. Yeah. Well, yeah. So so it would be awesome if they just got those same same actors and bring them along and you know, just reproduce these lost episodes. I'd be down for that 100%. Yeah, I, you know, I just keep thinking that, and no disrespect to the original, but when it was at no fault of the original creators that this happened, and it was just by chance, because we've said before on this podcast, they didn't know in the early 60s, I mean, the early 70s, late 60s, that we would still be wanting Doctor Who original content from way back then in 60 years time never a clue would they have had that even considered so i i just i just think that would be a great idea and i just wish they would do that so cool beans lee shackleford for bringing that up quick quick question is doctor who the only british show that that's been largely lost due to time Ooh, they they wiped so many things and I became a fan of the original Zed cars because I kept seeing the name in so many people's bios that I just started wondering what in the world is, well, I was calling it Z cars, of course, and then found on YouTube that there are a few of the very first episodes that somebody has saved and, you know, put them up on YouTube and I love them. I love them so much and I want to see more. And the answer is they're gone Mm. too bad because now. Uh, Steptoe wow. and Son, the show that uh, we brought to America and made Sanford and Son. Yep. Um, Steptoe and Son is almost entirely wiped. Um, yeah. So let me ask this question. Do we think 
that having the lost episodes helps to create a mystique about Doctor Who? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that's part of the that 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 is part of the uh, the protracted mystery of Doctor Who, isn't it? Sort of. And you know, one day we may find all of. Galaxy Four, or you know, whatever it is. Yeah, maybe somewhere in Buckingham Palace, or somewhere, you know, some somewhere, you know, maybe it's in, you know, under the Tower of London in the Black Archive. Who knows? They're, but, all, under, they're all under Stonehenge. Yeah, that's, but that's maybe they just took all the episodes and then just, you know, f- constructed a box or something and put them all in and said, "We'll keep them in this." Box. I don't know what you'd call it, but some kind yeah, of box for safe yeah. for safekeeping. Who knows? Isn't is no Disney vault, but it'll do. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but you know, just like Disney, sometimes and Clarence, perfect segue here. Just like <laughs> Disney does, sometimes they'll put things in the vault, and then it's sometimes they'll open the vault, and just like a Pandora's box, you never know what's going to come out. Oh, <laughs> I'm on a roll tonight. That's I really good. am. So, guys, that means it's Spoilers. time. Yes, <laughs> exactly. For me to say, Clarence Brown, Lee Shackelford, and everybody listening, if you have not seen the Pandorica open, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. 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 Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out and we are. Oh, wait, back. I haven't seen it. Oh. <laughs> that was Sorry, a good. I, I put you on pause. I went out and watched it. So I'm back. Alrighty, for everyone listening, Lee Shackelford has finally, after however many years, seen the Pandorica Opens. And that is because the Pandorica Opens is the 11th episode of the 2010 series of Doctor Who first airing on the 19th of June, 2010. It stars Alex Kingston as Dr. River Song and co-stars Matt Smith as the 11th Doctor, Karen Gillan as Amelia Pond, and Arthur Darville as Rory William. Summary view, and just for the heck of it, Lee Shackelford, I'm going to point it to you. Summary view, what say ye? What a ride this episode is. It's like being inside a pinball machine. And it's, um, for a lot of people... Looking back on it now, this is Doctor. The mysteries and the excitement and the, the just the, what the world, you know, moments piled on top of each other. Just when you think you're starting to get things figured out, it turns in another direction completely. It's just what a, what a thrilling hour of television. Awesome. Clarence Brown, what did you think? Oh man, they throw a lot at you in this episode. <laughs> a, a, a lot of, Things that you have to just be comfortable with until they resolve. And they do resolve some a lot of things on screen, which I do really appreciate. Because if they had left me <laughs> with some of these mysteries, I kind of would have went crazy. So uh, I do appreciate that early on they gave us a mystery and they re- they resolved a lot of uh, gave us a lot of those answers in the same episode. Uh, so I really enjoyed it. I think it was a good setup for the 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 next part. And I also believe like. I, I felt the beginning was very clumsy. Um, it was cool to get these callbacks, but it still feels kind of clumsy to me. So I, I have to work that out and <laughs> maybe talk about it. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And I really want to talk about it because after I give my two bits, that is the first thing I wanted to get into. But from my summary view, 
I'm going to say I absolutely 100% love this episode. This has everything I want, like Lee said. It's, it's perfect Doctor Who. It had energy. It had river. It had returning characters. It had the 11th Doctor. It had river. It had a mystery. It had things going on, multi-layered stories. It had river. And one other thing, it had river. So I really enjoyed this episode. So opening sequence, and Clarence, I want to point this one to you based on what you just said just a moment ago. So we see these returning guest actors, you know, not former companions, but former guest appearances from all throughout Series 5. And it kind of weaved itself, in my opinion, into a story that was a very long opening sequence. So Tell me, what were your thoughts about it feeling disjointed or to you? I, I, I don't know. If, I'm not sure if I felt it was disjointed, but it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, so we start with Van Gogh, Van Gogh, and he's painted this painting, which I think we saw in the episode. We saw like a rendition of that in that colorful sky sequence. If I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, I could be wrong there. But anyway, we get this this painting of the TARDIS explosion, obviously, and uh, that's kind of what kicks off this chain of events where we go from uh, 1890 France to which I'm assuming is the um, uh, uh, Churchill, the Churchill episode. We go there with the the robot scientist guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> Churchill. So, so and it's apparently ca- before Victory of the Daleks. Whoa, they're both. Yeah, well, he survived. It, but he was going to go back to Scotland. Uh, yeah, oh, that's right. Maybe he didn't. That's right. Or he could, but 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 it's interesting. He could have come back after finding that, or it could have been. Hmm. It, but it could have fit that's in true. either way. It could have fit, I think, in either way. Before he could have, you know, it could have been this was just in finding, or it could have been um, after. I would think it might be would be after because my question then becomes: Why didn't Vincent? I mean, why didn't? Churchill show him when he did come. Yeah. But, but it's so many things in that sequence that again, it makes for a beautiful kind of, um, a rewind as the doctor puts it, puts it. <laughs> Maybe that's spoilers back down memory lane. Um, but, but to me, it didn't make a lot of sense. You know, he, he, uh, Churchill makes this call to the TARDIS, but it goes to storm, storm cage and, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I felt it was clumsy, but I still loved it. So I don't, I don't know how to square it exactly. What about you guys? Okay. Leah, uh, you take it away. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, it's, it's fun to sort of feel like we are exploring what the show's capable of. We're, we, we know we can go anywhere in space and time. And usually that means that in each story, we go to one different place in space and time. So this episode starts out with us going to, what five? Yeah, yeah. we. <laughs> so that's fun. Um, it did occur to me watching it this time that uh, why didn't uh, River once she had the vortex manipulator? Why didn't she go to find out what Van Gogh was doing? Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. she could have. If we want to find out what's going on with the painting, go ask him. But you know, it's more fun to have her <laughs> yeah. come up with the ruse of getting the doctor to come to uh, Rome and Britain by being Cleopatra. Oh. <laughs> so. Get it. Yeah. So, so that's fine. Um, 
but yeah, I just, I, I did enjoy all of the, uh, the shout outs and the winks and sort of the Easter eggs. Um, that vortex manipulator, manipulator came off the hand of a handsome time agent in the 51st century. You don't suppose. Yeah. And he apparently still had the hand. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, but so that would make sense for Jack later, but, um, <laughs> cause if you cut Jack's arm off, it would just come back again. But, um, that probably wasn't Jack. Oh, that makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't want him to lose his arm. Dude. Well, true. That, that's no. true. But it could have been another uh, time agent from that uh, period because, you know, we know that there were other have... people that had vortex manipulators. Case in point, the, one, the guy from series 12. Exactly. Spoilers. Yeah. So um, do we know when she visits the, the queen? I forget what number. Ten. Uh, Ten. Yeah, um, Ten. Was that, do we think that was aboard the space well or somewhere else? It I had to be on the space home. Yeah, I wondered about that too. Are they on Starship UK or were they somewhere else? Yeah, I, I kind of thought it was probably somewhere else, but it could have been, you know, on the Starship. They, I don't think they even really said, I think it was kind of, you know, ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, probably purposely so. I personally really liked it, obviously. I, I thought it was a good way to bring these people who probably recorded their segments when they recorded their actual episodes that they were on and they saved the footage and put it in this and weaved it into this, this story. And I thought that was really, really cool. It brings River back to the forefront. And I think this is when I get what I consider, you know, prime River. The perfect river that, um, cause I didn't have a good feeling of river in the last two parter. Um, mm. mainly because of that, you know, at the end where we're talking about the thing river says about, you know, killing a man. I didn't like that, but then you bring back river here and she's river full on. I, I, I just <laughs> love that. Yeah. I, I love that the whole sequence. And I love the fact that it was so long, you know, it, we, we were yeah. going a good three or four minutes before we even get to the opening credits. Yeah. Yeah. It's the river show. Yeah, absolutely. Where, where had we seen the, the blue guy from that she got the time manipulator from before? Was he well, in we, another episode? We saw at least a member of his race in, um, new, new York, uh, new, 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 new York. Uh, hmm. he's in the hospital being cured by the, the cat nurses. Okay. But this is the first time we see Dorian. Yeah, and this, yeah, that's right. And this is a specific guy that we will, in fact, see again later. Yeah, I always get him confused with the scarab people on turn left, just because the scene looks so much similar to me. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, I could see that. Very much see that. Well, for for fans of the classic series, I think the the best Easter egg in this in this extended teaser is uh, the literal. Not, it's not writing on the wall. The the oldest written message in the universe, the doctor tells Amy. And when we get there, thanks to the TARDIS, we can see that it says in English, hello, sweetie. And then there's a string of Greek letters underneath. And those of us who know, I made notes, uh, the Armageddon Factor, Happiness Patrol, um, to name two episodes of the original series in which the doctor, when people who knew the doctor when he was young, they refer to him as Theta Sigma and hmm. which, which may be like a, 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 you know, your, your locker number in school or something like that. But apparently people who knew him when 
they they can call him by his his uh, his school name his school number which is those two greek letters and by golly they're there on the wall so river said yeah this is for you that's the first i've heard of that that's yeah. the first i've heard of that too Theta Sigma. Yeah, and there it is, uh, you know, like 30 feet tall on the stone wall. So Yeah, uh, again, like, I thought that was really cool <laughs> to me. It just felt totally unnecessary. But <laughs> I guess that's something River would do to something that bombastic, you know. Exactly. Um, but, but, yeah, it just uh, – See, <laughs> I'm going to make it make sense, and I picked up on something that I've never after – probably the dozens of times that I have seen this episode that I've never picked up before on until tonight. I have always thought that when she makes the statement, you don't answer your phone whenever they get and, you know, see Cleopatra and it's river. And he was like, what, you know, why did you do that? You, well, why don't you answer your phone? And I'm thinking she's calling him and he's not answering what she may well have. But this time I took it as Winston was calling you and, and it was routed to me because you weren't answering and I have to get your attention. And this is how I got your attention. You know, I had not thought about that either, but I think you're exactly right. Yeah. Hmm. You don't answer your phone. See, I'd always took it as in the past as being the husband, wife hinting at you two are married and well you should have answered your phone banter back and forth but this time i saw it completely different so hmm. and it works for me for the story kind of i'm gonna stick to it <laughs> let me ask you guys what did you think of the fact that we get this mystery box called the pandorica Taking away from what you know the Pandorica is, what did you think the Pandorica would be as you were watching it without the foreknowledge of knowing that it is what it turns out to be? So curious. And Lee, why don't you go first with this one? What do you think the Pandorica was? Well, I had not, strangely, I had not looked back at this episode in a long time as much as I love it. I'm now conflating my memories of it with what I know happens in the next episode. So I did have a confused idea about what or who is in the, the Pandorica. But I, I really remember being, uh, having fun going along with the game the first time. I said, what poss, what could it possibly be in there? And, um, yeah, and you, you know, all you can do is wait and see, I guess. Okay. <laughs> because we, we, we know the, we know the episode's title. So. It's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to open. So, Clarence, what about you? What did you think was in the Pandorica? Yeah, they definitely play it up as if something real, really valuable is inside. And I don't know. I loved how is as if the doctor was trying to protect whatever valuable item that's inside of this Pandorica from these lurking enemies that have, have popped up as he they re, they reached Stone, Stonehenge. So I like that account. They flipped it on his head. Uh, eventually, we'll get to that. But I really love that. Also reminded me a lot of. I guess this may have been inspired by by this particular uh, episode. It, Missy being locked away in the vault. Ooh. I forgot what they called it in the episode. But yeah, I think they just said she was locked in a vault. I don't think they yeah. ever named it. <laughs> right. So I think you but, were spot certainly- on there. That's a spoiler, but yeah, it certainly had to make you think about that. Yeah. I, I remember watching it back in the day and I remember there being rumors that 
a big bad was coming back for this series and the big bad was going to be Omega, Omega, however you want to say it. Mm. And, you know, the whole silence will fall voice that we kept hearing was supposedly people were saying that's going to be, you know, Omega, that's going to be who the voice is. And every time I kept hearing that and then we find out that there's this prison that's opening, I'm like, oh, well, this makes perfect sense. It's going to be the return of Omega. And well, were they playing up the, the silence will fall in the promos? Because I don't think we've heard it much before this episode that I can remember. We heard it at one point in another episode, I think. I think we get that maybe in the the one and Amy's choice, maybe. But I think we've heard silence, the, you know, the silence will fall before. If I'm wrong, if you're listening and you know which episode, if I am right, let us know. And if I'm wrong, say, Kyle, this is the very first time Clarence was right that we ever heard this. So what did you guys think about this convergence of all the bad guys from all across space and time? And Clarence, why don't you go first with this one? I loved it. I loved it. You know, at first, we think that they are all teaming up in order to take down their greatest enemy, which is the doctor. You know, I thought it was under the 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 mission of getting rid of him and we can you know we can do our dastardly deeds <laughs> in peace. <laughs> so that's what I thought it was. But the man, they're actually doing something semi altruistic by trying to prevent the end of the universe as we know it. So I guess bad guys can even do good when their existence is threatened. So (laughs) it was great. All right, Lee. Yeah, I have to agree with that. But uh, it is fun to see that even if self-preservation is their motive, that they're not just there to destroy the doctor. They're just there to get him out of the way. Uh, And, yeah, I mean, all of us who are, are fans of other adventure franchises where there's a, a kind of a superheroic character you know we we know that the joker lex luther's goal is to get just to get rid of batman and superman so they can get on with what they're trying to do you know <laughs> so yeah. yeah we have to think that's it if we could just get rid of the doctor and um and you know i have complained a lot about this speech that he makes that seems to scare everybody away because i thought this is this is really a silly <laughs> development for this character because if he yells at them and they all go away, then why didn't he always do that? Why isn't that the quick fix it from now on? <laughs> but, but, but I don't know why I thought that because look at the episode again. It doesn't work. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. So that's, that's the beauty of it. It's a great speech. Yeah. But it's not going to work. But, but what's so, what's so great about that is. They actually had a really good plan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they had a really good plan, which I really work. appreciate. Right. Yeah. Mm. See, like, I, little do you know, doctor. <laughs> see, I think the reason why, and Lee, you and I were spot on in our thinking of our parallel in our thinking that this was the runaway speech and they were all going to like run away because the doctor said, I've got the Pandorica and they all left. Because I think when we see that in montage videos or we see this online, we don't see the part where he says, well, this should keep them arguing amongst themselves for at least a few minutes. You know, we don't ever see that. And I am watching it again, kind of being the same thing you said of saying, hmm, what's, oh, wait, they didn't run away. They're, they're still here. You know, and I, I just yeah. think that's the way it's been presented to us, or at least in our memory. That's right. 
let me switch gears just a little bit and let's talk about the lone centurion as he Rory. will become known. Rory Williams returns. And Clarence, why don't you go first with this one? Rory returns. What say ye? Great to see. Um, interesting how he was presented as not knowing what's going on. Uh, so I thought all that was, was, was great. Um, some very hard moments for Rory in this episode. Uh, on top of that, man, he really, he really went through the gamut here. And I don't know, I just thought he was presented really well. And, um, I love that they actually gave us the explanation in this episode because again, I don't remember any of these episodes. <laughs> so 20 minutes in, I'm pausing and Googling like, I can't remember exactly what. Oh, oh. and then like, and then they're like, idiot, just watch the rest of the episode. They explain mm-hmm. it. And I just kind of palm a forehead and keep watching. The, okay. I, I, before I say something to Lee, I've got to say that the fact that you've watched these through one time, it to me is sheer brilliance because it gives reactions like what you just did. So FYI, Lee Shackelford, what did you think? Yeah, I kind of did the same thing. I thought, boy, I hope we get a good explanation about why he was dead in one episode. And now he's a Roman centurion. And he says he doesn't know what happened. I thought, man, if we just leave it there, that is the lamest cop-out ever. So really in this episode, what we get is, well, he's an auton. Okay, well, that explains. No, it doesn't. (laughs) So, okay. So, you know, at least we're marching our way towards an explanation. (laughs) Yeah. But I love, I love the comic treatment of this, of the doctor trying to save it. And he's doing that thing where he's thinking faster than he knows and, (laughs) <laughs> he says, Rory says we got 50 men up top. They're volunteers. The doctor says 50. That's not exactly a legion. And Rory <laughs> says, well, your friend was very persuasive, but it's a tough sell. And the doctor says, yes, I know that, Rory. I'm not exactly one to miss the obvious, but we need everything we can get. <laughs> and he's still walking around, and he hasn't yet acknowledged that it's Rory. Yeah. <laughs> he called him by name, but he's still. And then yeah, he walks the way they the way that the director and the and Matt Smith handled this, he walks out of the frame for a second. And then we just see Arthur Darville who starts nodding, like, Yeah, yeah. Yep, and you hear whatever the doctor was holding where he throws down oh, whatever exactly. and, and here he comes back. Yes. Hello again. Hello. How have you been? Good, good. I mean, you know, Roman. Yeah. <laughs> Not trying to be rude, but you died. Yeah, I know. I was there. <laughs> it's great dialogue. And I love the fact that the two of them played off it so well. I just, I just thought they did such a brilliant job playing off of each other. Um, Rory has a comment says, I died and turned into a Roman. It's very distracting. That, that just to me was very funny. All right. So. There was something that was kind of a throwaway line when the doctor is talking with Amy and he's talking about Rory. And it was one of those what I'll call a Moffatism that I just found really, really interesting that I've never picked up before. It's when the doctor said people fall out of the world all the time. And it just I don't know, it just stuck to me for some reason that this watching that people fall out of the world all the time and. And I I was like, well, maybe that's just how, you know, in stories you explain these characters that just kind of just disappear. And and I think it's really it's really true. It's a it's a sad fact of life. But 
yeah, uh, everybody I know who's in law enforcement says, you know, it's great to see on TV how there's a murderer and the and the the cops catch the guy and you know, a lot of times murders aren't even reported. Mm. You know, somebody died and nobody cared. So that's all. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, people fall out of the world all the time. Yeah. And I just thought that that further goes into what we're saying about this is just an example of the best of Doctor Who. It's just little tidbits like that. Well, in that same little section of the story, there's a line that reminded me of something we've been talking about with the uh, with the 13th Doctor. And I so spoilers for that minor spoils spoilers for that. But there's a moment that we talked about with um, Graham and the 13th doctor and where he really um, becomes vulnerable and tells her about his cancer and his fear of his cancer returning. And, you know, she basically says, okay, you know, because, and the feeling is she doesn't know what to say about that. And, and, and so a lot of people, I think, including us complained that there was, I don't know, I need to go back and I think, I think, I think think we all had a little bit of, uneasiness with the response i think but, but, but do i remember right that we we wanted to defend her too that because because my feeling was sometimes there isn't a right thing to say yeah. and, you, and yeah. you try to say something and maybe what you say isn't really what was needed or helpful but yeah don't make it worse <laughs> right but but anyway I, so and people were saying you know hey that's this 13th doctor and that's why we hate her but here <laughs> rory his world has just ended and the and he pours that out to the doctor and the doctor says, Oh, shut up. <laughs> and Rory says, what? <laughs> and I, I felt like this is kind of a similar moment. It's like, um, what is wrong with you? <laughs> but he tosses the, the ring box to Rory and he says, go get her. Yeah. So yeah, what he's that... saying is stop complaining and do something about it. But it is a, it is a very uh, abrasive way of doing it. Yeah. He, he, he kind of said that. Sometimes impossible things happen in that same little spill, I believe. And exactly. I, I think for him not being able to explain it, which, you know, he's the doctor, he can explain everything. <laughs> it just let him just say sometimes miracles happen, impossible things happen. Just, yeah. just go with it. <laughs> this is a line from this episode that I really love. He says, yeah, uh, we call them miracles. That's the theory. 900 years. I've never seen one yet, but this would do me. Mm. <laughs> and and say that is another example and i'm thinking about our friend jessica from sesca says who just loved the pairing of these three actors and i think that is an example of why these three actors just filled the screen with whatever they fill the screen with that it they just played off of each other so so well and that is a perfect example of it so what did you guys, we've mentioned this, but what did you guys think of Rory being an Altan? And Clarence, why don't you take this one? Rory the Altan, what did you think whenever you saw his hand turn as it did? Uh, I, I think it was good in the sense of he was what he was, even though he wasn't, if that makes any sense. Uh, even though he had this... He has uh, the, his heart and soul that was put into the programming of this Auton led him to feel and be something different. And he tried to fight against that as much as he could. But ultimately, he was what he was <laughs> uh, to a certain extent. And, yeah, I just love him having that internal struggle of 
trying to um, embrace and love Amy at that moment, but also trying to fight off everything that's uh, this power within him that's causing him to do something that he doesn't want to do. And just a heartbreaking scene, really. But um, I really like how it was portrayed on screen, the struggle between what he is and what he wanted to be. Uh, hey, Lee, what say you? Uh, I can only echo what Clarence said because I think it's all exactly that's exactly how I feel. And the uh, among the many things to admire about this script is knowing that it's we're building the to a cliffhanger for a two parter and the <laughs> the doctor is going to be locked away forever. Rory mm-hmm. is turning into an auton and he just might shoot Amy and <laughs> he loves more than anyone or anything in the world. River's trapped inside the TARDIS, which is about to explode, and then Rory actually shoots her. <sighs> the end. Come back next week. Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah, we'll be back next week. Yeah. All right. Oh, but not what? only that. Not only does he shoot her. When he shoots her, the lights go out in the universe. Literally, the stars start going out. Yeah, 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 yeah. As somebody who 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 likes uh, to write a uh, a startling <laughs> cliffhanger. I, 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 if I had a hat on, I would take it off. This is like the cliffhanger of cliffhangers. So, you know, it's, it's what I teach my cinema students. I said, if you want to find something to really admire about the script for Star Wars, you know, A New Hope, think about where we are at the midpoint in this film. Is <laughs> they just ordered Princess Leia's execution. She's going to die. And these people get caught by the Death Star. They're going to die. And they're ready to test out this, this thing. Again, they're ready to take over the whole galaxy with it so you could leave this movie now if you want to <laughs> you know you, you could walk crazy out person <laughs> if you're a crazy person but yeah most people are gonna stay to find out what's gonna happen next so yeah yeah welcome <laughs> so i have a burning question about this episode all right for you guys why does river actually leave our group of heroes she doesn't really give a reason why she's running off but she runs off and I know it's convenient for the story, but I don't, I don't know if I ever got a real reason. Did, did she know what was coming? I had that same feeling when I watched it again just today that I, I w- was trying to, I was like backing up my video file to say, did I miss something? What happened? So what, what's your thought about that, Kyler? That is a very good question. And Kyle doesn't have an answer to it, believe it or not. I know that River gets into the TARDIS, but I'm trying to remember why. River gets into the TARDIS. Yeah, I, I backed it up too, Lee. I backed it up to, I, I actually went through almost the whole episode backing up to see yeah. if there was a justification why she actually left. Because, uh, of course they're underground. They talk about the antennas or Stonehenge being antennas, which I thought was brilliant, by the way. Yeah. And, and then they're back on top and she just kind of just wanders off to the Roman village and then she's gone. So I, I don't think they gave an explanation. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't find it. I thought that I thought that there is a throwaway line. And if we find that, we will mention it in our review of the Big Bang, the finale of this series. But I thought that there was a line where the doctor makes some remark to River and that explains why she's in the TARDIS. But. I just don't remember it at the moment. But like I said, if we find it, we will mention it in our next episode when we do the review of The Big Bang. Awesome question, though, by the way. Awesome, awesome question. Here's the theory that we've talked about how the TARDIS is an active character in this story. 
rerouting the phone call from Churchill to River and that kind of thing. And I think she went back up to the ground, went up to ground level to get the TARDIS to come get the doctor and rescue him and Amy. Uh And the TARDIS has other plans. Mm, I buy it. That makes sense to me. (laughs) Because she is urging the doctor to get the heck out of there. Mm Mm-hmm. And but instead she ends up at Amy's house. Mm. Does that does that make sense? Do you think? Yeah, I can I can buy that. I, I like that explanation. It makes me want to see it again and see if it plays that way. So, golly shucks, I'll have to watch this great episode again. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh darn! Uh, but I think she does say that the TARDIS takes you where where it wants to when she was first trying to activate it, if I'm remembering correctly. She she and the doctor have the the same old argument, but he says that's because you're flying it wrong. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, flying oh, it I had, perfectly. I had the I had that written down because that's like this is 2010, right when this came out. Am I correct in saying that? Yes, you yep. are correct. Yeah, so this is the same time where the around the same time where the iPhone the iPhone phone gate was going was going on when Steve Jobs uttered the fav- well he wrote down the the famous words you're holding it wrong. That's so, right. Yeah. So I don't know if this was a play off of that, but. Yeah. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, I have the answer. Huh? All right, so River is on her horse, and she says, you're surrounded. Have Have you got a plan? The doctor says, uh, yes, now hurry up. And then, you know, the, they show the doctor in the Pandorica chamber, get the TARDIS here. I need equipment. What are you? They're all here, all of them, all for you. What what could you possibly be? So he tells her uh, to hurry up and get the TARDIS here. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. And the reason <laughs> that it feels like such a throwaway, it's going back between her, him, back to her. And it's, you know, it's like really, really quick back and forth. So it's, yeah. you get, it gets lost in Matt Smith doing that bit of, because he's talking to her and then he immediately gets into talking to the box. That's right. So cool beans. I, hey, whenever it comes to river, you know, I know my river. Just say it. Knows his river. Thank you. All right, gentlemen, are there any other points that we have not brought up that either of you would like to cover? Any thoughts on the nesting consciousness peering into Amy's life slash memories to create this um, facade with the autons to actually trick the doctor. Uh, I, I feel like that was a master plan, a, a good, good, good plan there. It well is. thought out. Yeah. 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 Totally agree. Totally agree. And I love the fact of going back and watching it again. And it's so obvious. And I think that's a <laughs> great Moffatism again. That you go back and watch it and it's staring you in front of your face, but you didn't even see it the first time. Yeah. And again, if they, if they hadn't explained it all in the same episode, it would have freaked me out. (laughs) I I would, if I saw this live, I would not be able to get any sleep if they didn't, if if, if River didn't go to Amy's house and we got the explanation, it would have drove me crazy. All right. So I have an interesting comment before we get into our final <laughs> quote and final. Yeah. Um, but I want to know if Lee has any other topics before I get to that interesting comment. I shouldn't say it. No. Go keep for it. it. To myself. <laughs> oh, it just when Clarence said that, it, it made me realize that if the Autons read things just a little bit differently, then the Pandorica could have been guarded by a platoon of Caducus on the moon. No, copper kissograms, which would have been a much more interesting. <laughs> hey, that's that's my fanfic. Yeah, 
Well, when you said platoon, I just and yeah. considering we had Jadoon. We should have had a platoon of Jadoon up on the moon. But yeah. we did at least get to see it. See one of them. So, well, anyway, instead we had no. a platoon of Jadoon on a binge at the Hinge. Oh, <laughs> there, hey, very nice. There you go. All right, so here's my interesting take on this. We've gone through several, several two parters. We've gone through several, several finales where you go into the, you know, right the episode before the big finale at the end and oftentimes we come back saying "Eh, it was okay but you know we can tell that this is part one of part two i'm listening to both of you guys and yes i do hear you say well we know that there's one coming but i don't feel like we're getting that oh well it's just setting everything up for the finale which yes it does but i feel like it had so much meat on the bones that it stood on its own what do you guys think yeah i couldn't agree more this is this is a good solid dense two hours of entertainment that happens to have a thrilling break in the yeah that's and and that's what a a great two-parter should be awesome all right let's go into our favorite scene so clarence brown favorite scene what say ye i love seeing the cyber head tentacle thingy i just love the visual you know spider octopus take your pick i was just about to say we didn't talk about the cyberman (laughs) yeah because how awesome is that oh but you don't have a body (laughs) yeah i do (laughs) (laughs) here it comes but that was awesome i really love that visual all right lee what say you i just love this may be my favorite line too so i guess it all comes together but uh just the the search for whatever it is that they're trying to figure out. And when the doctor shows up as Caesar <laughs> to Cleopatra, <laughs> who historically would have been dead by this time, um, and River acknowledges, um, she shows him the painting and they're looking at maps and she says, you won't find it on a map. And he says, no, but if you bury the most dangerous thing in the universe, you'd want to remember where you put it. And we cut to the shot of the three of them galloping like hell across the English countryside in 102 AD. And the camera slowly tracks across right to left to reveal Stonehenge in the background. That's just what a gorgeous shot that is. It just made me whoop. (laughs) Man. All right. Very good. Very good. So my favorite scene actually comes from the beginning. And it's Mm. the first time we see... River in her humble abode, as I I guess we call it, because we see this (laughs) return to several times again over the next couple of series. Spoilers. And I just thought that that was cool because we get to see River in prison and she does what River does, which was brilliant. So that's my favorite scene. So favorite quote, and I will start this one out because I've already said what my favorite quote is. It is Rory's quote about being turned into um, a Roman, and it's very distracting. That that was just really funny to me. <laughs> that is what you call a British understatement. There you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Clarence, what was your favorite quote? Uh, my favorite quote, I, I called this scene Poor Rory. Which, uh, when Rory saves Amy, she turns around and, and, uh, talks to him and says, Oh, you're the guy, yeah? The one who did the swarty thing? He's like, Yeah. Well, thanks for the swarting. Nice swarting. 
<laughs> so I just thought that was awkward in the way she used the word sword and that's it. This was just hilarious to me. <laughs> so so that that was my my favorite uh, quote there. The swordy uh, thing. The doctor says, Rory, you're going to have to be very brave. All right. Favorite quote, <laughs> Lee Shock. I mean, favorite, yeah. Was that yours? Yeah. That was yours. No, but if you buried the most dangerous thing in the universe, you'd want to remember where you put it. <laughs> it's a good line. It's a good, yeah. very good line. All right. Well, Lee, I'm going to start this time with you. What is your final rating? Oh, I'm going to give this five Roman short swords out of five. Oh, awesome. Clarence Brown, what say you? 4.5 pillars from the stone hinge out of five. All right. I'm going to give it five of Rivers PDAs, personal <laughs> digital assistants, because even though, you know, we don't have many more, she may have them in the future, but I guess it's a phone too. So I'll call it uh, five Rivers smartphones out of five. So there you go. Love this. Absolutely. 100% love this. So, so question for our, um, you know, England experts here mm. or UK experts. Does Stonehenge really? I mean, I know there's probably not a cavern under it, but do the do the pillars really go that deep, or are they? Is it just on the surface? They're just on the surface. So some of them have actually fallen over. It's mm. why they're. It's why it's not a complete. It, it is believed that it was intended to be a, a circle, and uh, it isn't a whole circle because yeah, mm. some of the stone and, and we've and, and as modern, you know, people we've we've left them like that. Um, yeah, but some of them were. Uh, it, it's when we were there, I was very interested in this and, and, uh, and it bought, bought, bought the tourist guide book about it, of course. And yeah, they explained that it's, that people have debated about whether it should have been left exactly as it was found by modern people or if they should try to put it back like they think it was. Mm-hmm. And so they've done some of one and some of another. Hmm. So you get the kind of weird shape that it is now. But um, now archaeologists who are out there using uh, sonar, they have found a number of other uh, similar, what do you call it? Uh, I know they have a name for it, but it's an uh, ancient monument, whatever, that they're, and they're under the ground. Hmm. Interesting. So now the question is, so, so what question, same question again. So do we make a big hole and dig them up or <laughs> <laughs> do we leave them where they are? All right. So I'm going to play devil's advocate here and say for anyone listening that may not know the purpose of Stonehenge as we know it to be. And since you bought the guidebook, right. what was the purpose of Stonehenge? Well, and people are still arguing about it. Um, it, it is a working um, annual calendar that there is a moment on the solstice where light falls on that, that center stone. Um, one that, the Doctor and River moved out of the way electronically. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and the sun only, because of the arrangement of those stones, the sun only hits that stone squarely on the uh, winter and summer solstices. So somebody, and we don't know how old this thing is, somebody way back then figured out when that was. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, for, for an agrarian culture around it, would have been very handy to know. Mm-hmm. And, and the stones are absolutely immense, and they're not from around there. So that's always been another mystery. How the heck did they... <laughs> <laughs> those stones over there and why the, the that stone just isn't native to that area it came from a long way away why spoilers so, right <laughs> well and, and i'm glad clarence brought this up because it does point to my sort of lingering question about this episode is that after we had just been talking about vincent and how much we love that episode and tony curran's portrayal of him and so on and how much i love the historical vincent 
um, to see him suffering. So at the beginning mm. of this really hurt. And then we find out that all of these waves going out through all of time and space are coming from the Pandorica. They're coming from the, the stones. They're coming from the Sarsen stones of Stonehenge. So, so isn't that what drove Van Gogh mad? Mm. Mm. Interesting. And, and if the doctor knows that, what would happen if he went back and fixed it? Interesting. That now, now that's a entire conversation episode to unto itself. Yeah. Cause that literally quite, and I'm not trying to be funny here. That no. question opens Pandora's box or Pandora's yeah. box. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, I think it has to be taken seriously. If we're seeing him respond to these visions he's getting and we find out that they're coming from this signal that's being sent out. Well, that's been his problem all his life, maybe. Hmm. So maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have just inspired an upcoming episode that I'm going to call why the doctor does what the doctor does or doesn't do (laughs) or to Mm. some variation, because I think that is a good something to explore, to be brutally honest as a character, as why what makes a decision to do or not to do a decision that is decided upon. And I know I'm just kind of dancing words there, (laughs) but you get my point. Well, it's like uh, when we were we were talking about uh, hungry earth and uh, cold blood that uh, the doctor says that this uh, uh, whether or not the Homo reptilicus is going to share the the future earth with Homo sapiens that this is not a fixed point in time. And Clarence and I both said, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> it, it sort of it does raise these questions of well. So how does this time travel thing work again exactly? Oh boy! We'll because, wait till we get to the next episode. Y'all oh, have issues. Right. Oh boy! I'm yeah. have issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, I, I anticipate your issues for because remember when you were talking about we were doing the lodger and I kept saying you know, spoilers. Just wait. Well, yeah, oh, just wait. But you know what? We can't wait on. We can't wait on the fact that I need to ask the two of you. One final question, and that question is, and I'll start with you, Clarence. Where else might you be found on the Internet? Hmm, I would just say check out this DiscussingNetwork.com uh, where you can find all the shows in the Discussing family. So just check out DiscussingNetwork.com. Awesome. Awesome. Lee Shackelford, what say you? Yeah, me too. Okay. Well, yeah. hey. I like that. And you know what? I'll say me three. Go to DiscussingNetwork.com. And also, if you are on Facebook, you can join our Facebook group. Just go to groups and look up. Guess what? Discussing Network. And so for everyone listening, we are glad that you joined us for this episode. Let us know what you thought about the Pandorica Opens. And we will be back next time for the Big Bang. Not the Big Bang Theory. It's not the Big Bang 2? <laughs> You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. 
And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices. Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audible trial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?